Okay, so we're going to uh, conclude our study uh, this evening on faith and work with just a kind of general uh, reminder in some ways of uh, what we've looked at already. And uh, again, and it follows up, I think, uh, quite neatly from Sunday evening and Second John, our second study in Second John, or to John, uh, that um, coming to faith in Jesus uh, is maybe something that's been a long time in your, your experience, a long time since it happened. But coming to faith in Jesus is only the beginning. We'll actually see that as well on Sunday uh, morning at Mark. But what we come to recognize is that faith changes everything and should always be changing everything. So the truth in our lives, the truth in your life is transformative, um, not just for a Wednesday evening or a Sunday, but it's transformative to everything uh, that we do. And that comes across well in um, the, the kind of base book that we've been using, Every Good Endeavor, Tim Keller. And we're going to get some of these copies to put them on uh, the book um, corner, uh, along with some other books that we're going to be uh, advertising soon. Uh, and I would encourage you to get it. It's a really helpful book, but uh, don't be too harsh uh, when you read it. And that's where he got that from. <laughs> None of There's not an original thought in our heads, but um, it's a, been a good structure uh, with which to work. Um, and tonight I'm just going to look at two areas uh, briefly. One is um, our worldview and why that should make such a difference, our Christian worldview, to how we work, uh, because our worldview centers around God and what that means. And then look at the power that that enables us to have to live in a different way in the workplace. Okay, so the first is our worldview uh, that centers around God. And it's one of the verses that's really been key for us right through here, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, whether that's paid employment or whether that's working at home or whether that's being retired or whatever it might be, uh, do it all to the glory of God. And there's that whole emphasis that in our lives that uh, our faith, while it is personal, and uh, that's an incredibly important part of our lives, uh, our faith isn't simply personal, nor, nor is it simply religious belief. Uh, our faith in Jesus Christ should shape and touch every single thing that we do. Uh, and uh, that is because we come to our lives and we come to our day-to-day -day living with a story. Everyone has a story in their lives. Everyone has a backstory, uh, a worldview that shapes how they do it. It might be hedonistic. It might be completely thoughtless. It, it might be based on all, all kinds of things, but our worldview, our, our story, um, how we see the world uh, shapes our priorities and our choices. And, and that's because we have, in Christ, we've got a new story of the world in which we live, and that includes the working world. So everything we do uh, stems from the reality um, that uh, our God is a sovereign God and that we are his creatures we are created in his image we are image bearers and so we, we take that whole redemptive historical picture as our foundational worldview that we're image bearers that god made us that we're rebels against god uh, that that is there is that has caused all the troubles and difficulties both in our hearts and in the world and that he has come to rescue us with his loving sacrifice to give us freedom future and a hope. That's our worldview. That's, that's the lens we look at the world with. 
That's how we think about the world in which we live. And that is radically different from uh, the worldview, obviously, of most people. Um, but it therefore should shape everything that we are and everything that we do. Um, we recognize within that worldview that work, as we've seen before, reflects God and reflects God's character. Uh, that work was part of God's will for us before the fall. And so work, uh, we see work uh, in that context. And uh, that is our ultimate reality, that in our lives uh, and in our work and in all that we do, there's been a, 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 cos a, a cosmic shift from self, should I say that there is an ongoing cosmic shift, from self to God. And the first four words of the Bible uh, found our worldview in the beginning, God. That's hugely significant to our worldview because it moves the center of the universe from us to God. And that affects everything we are. And so our life story is governed not by that philosophical truth or that philosophical worldview, but how that impacts us personally because we have come to know and love God through Jesus Christ as our personal savior. And so we, because he is first in our lives, we, we love him and we love our neighbor. And that is therefore far deeper and far bigger than a set of propositional truths uh, that guide our lives. We're in a life transforming and a life uh, enriching experience and relationship with God. And now, marriage as a, as a relationship shadows uh, a little bit of um, the kind of changes that uh, comes into our worldview from being single to being uh, one with another person. And all uh, the changes of our thinking uh, that happen because of that. Uh, but obviously, in a much greater way, a relationship with Christ changes everything that we are and everything that we do. And there's a move from self to servanthood, to being other-centered. And we take that into our understanding of work. And that's, of course, a lifelong battle. But it helps us to have uh, a balance in life between a naively positive view of life and work uh, or a cynically disillusional, disillusioned view of life and work. So it's a balance between the two because we recognize the goodness of work and the beauty of what God asks us to do, the, the calling from him. But we also recognize we're in a broken world with broken hearts and broken relationships. Uh, and the redemption of Christ enables us to have the right balance. So that should therefore impact our, our worldview uh, and the transformational nature of that worldview uh, should transform our attitude to work. And it might be worth asking in your own context, uh, what is the worldview of the culture around you and of your colleagues at work? Uh, and ask some questions of them, because I'm not going to say any more about that, because that's a big part. Of some, that's the trouble when you're preparing two sermons in, in the first part of the week. It blends in, but Jesus asks some great questions uh, that we'll look at on Sunday. But questions are a great way of finding out what motivates someone, what is their attitude to work, why they do it, uh, and provides an opportunity for you to share your 
uh, worldview and why that transforms your attitude to work. Uh, and we recognize within that, as we've said uh, throughout the series, that work is an important command from God. There, there's no secular, sacred divide, the, the dualism that that brings in to our thinking. And that's a great thing. It's great to remember that because we have a commonality with other workers because work is a God-given gift and we can learn from other people. He owns the workspace that you go into. So it's a great, really important not to close off your Christian life and your Christian thinking on a Sunday night and go into secular mode for the rest of the week. Because God owns the workplace. There's a great passage, I think, that helps us, it reminds us of that in uh, Isaiah 28 uh, and verse 24 uh, to 29. Isaiah 28. Uh, does he who plows uh, for sowing plow continually? Does he continually open and harrow his ground? When he has leveled its surface, does he not scatter dill, uh, sow cumin? and put in wheat in rows, and barley in its proper place, and emmer as the border. For he is rightly instructed, his God teaches him. So it's just this recognition that God is instructing and involved in everyone's work at that level. And uh, he owns the workspace. There's cooperation and there's commonality. Uh, we can value others, learn from them, encourage them in their work. And that's a good thing. And it's an important role that we play in, in our attitude to work and sharing it with others. But we recognize also there's brokenness in the workplace and in the attitudes and in the thinking and in the ethics of the uh, environment we work in. So not only is there commonality, but there's a distinctiveness about our Christian attitude and our, our values that will, at times, in our neighborhood, in our homes, in the workplace, challenge the ideals and the ethics that we find uh, around us. And that is maybe something that we find very difficult to do. We maybe just roll with it, or we maybe just keep quiet, or we maybe think it's not our place. And it may be very difficult to do so. But I think it's um, a really challenging truth to take out of this whole series, uh, that we're not to contain our faith within our hearts or within the church community. That's not the sole place that we live out our faith. Uh, we must take God with us into the marketplace, into the workplace, to see his significance and his lordship there as well. And the gospel, the gospel is there to, to reframe all things, not just religious things. The gospel reframes our attitude to everything. And our attitude to work isn't to be taken from our colleagues primarily is to be taken from our understanding of God and uh, the Holy Spirit within us. So I would argue that Sunday morning and Monday morning are the two most important mornings in the week to recalibrate your thinking. Both really significant. Sunday morning is a really important time because you come in that day of rest. It gets the opportunity of worship, coming together with God's people, remembering uh, that there's a higher... Uh, a different perspective that we have. But equally, Monday morning is really important uh, to recalibrate our thinking going into uh, the working week and to take God and Christ with us. Because our identity is not 
uh, our identity is in Christ, not in our profession. Again, very challenging because, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with this, but we need to maybe sometimes think about it. The first question we usually ask someone when we meet them is, what are you doing? What's your work? What's your employment? Which is fine. There's, there's, you know, a bit weird probably if you didn't. But nonetheless, the, the challenge is that we often, we often therefore label people by that identity uh, negatively or positively. And uh, in Christ and the Christian community, our identity is not in our profession. Our identity is in Jesus Christ. And I, I think within the working world, uh, that's a challenge because sometimes uh, the identity of, of position and power, um, the pleasure that enables you to have the, the lifestyle that you can have can uh, be as a result of uh, she's shot there. Um, a result of uh, having a wrong attitude uh, within the workplace. So, so our, our, um, our worldview is hugely significant as you go into the workplace. And in concluding that uh, aspect of it, I think it's good to consider uh, the influence you can have, not just in, in paid employment, obviously, whatever we are, but if you are in paid employment, uh, consider the influence uh, that you can bring to, uh, and can you? Uh, maybe you're an employer, uh, maybe you're uh, in leadership, uh, maybe you're an employee. How is it that you can influence the workplace with your worldview and with your um, uh, Christian faith and with your ethics, your honesty, and the underlying assumptions that you bring into the workplace every day? It, it should be, it should be uh, one way or another, it should be obvious uh, to a greater or lesser degree, that our worldview is radically different and therefore our behavior and our attitude to work and our, the way we work is very different to those that don't have such a relationship with Christ and a worldview. I've got two interesting examples about this. Um, one comes from the book, uh, Every Good Endeavor. And it's, uh, Tim Keller speaks about a guy called Howard who was offered a new job and in the interview for the new job, uh, his prospective new employers asked what his current salary was. And so he thought to himself, well, I'll just bump it up by a couple of grand, two or three grand, because, well, in this new job, I'm getting less holidays. So maybe I'll just I'll, I'll put, I'll, I'll balance it out by putting up what I actually earn. And um, he did that. But then, uh, I don't know, uh, whether this is an apocryphal story or whether it's a real story, but Tim Keller then goes on to speak about how he had a kind of breakthrough moment, this, this individual, um, in his thinking after he'd done that. And he said, well, that was a small lie. It wasn't a, wasn't a right thing to do as a Christian. He said, and what is my integrity worth, he thought, if I lie for such little gain, for such a little increase in salary? What does it say about my integrity? Or why not just have mentioned the two weeks difference in holiday and, and ask the employer to take that into consideration? Or, or why not just trust God to open the door in the first place to the interview? Uh, and maybe therefore thinking that the uh, interest in the job was merely financial or was it a God opportunity to, to serve him? So it's a really a very simple, but a helpful, I think, example of how uh, very basic integrity 
will change the way we act because if your worldview is completely different, integrity at that level and, and this, the, the white lies are insignificant, unimportant. Well, that's fine. Everyone does it in the workplace. But there may be a cost for us to stand up for truth uh, in the way we act and, and live and in the, the type of business that we engage in. And the other example was just something I read this week uh, on the, in the BBC uh, website, an interview with Kate Forbes. Now, we've mentioned Kate Forbes a few times here uh, over the last few while, obviously, and prayed for her. Um, and she was reflecting with the interviewer on her, the leadership campaign and how her evangelical free church membership and faith uh, derailed her campaign for the leadership uh, so uh, dramatically, even though it ended up a pretty close run race. Um, but there's an example of someone in the workplace who, whose worldview was all-encompassing. She didn't have a private faith and a polit public political uh, view, uh, faith, uh, public political position that uh, didn't include her, her, her whole uh, life and faith. And so she took the flack for what uh, she believes. She lost the contest. She lost her ministerial position following that. But she spoke about being busy now in her constituency and plenty busy as a young mother of a young baby. And I would argue that her priorities were absolutely right and that God will honor that, even though it was hugely sacrificial for her uh, and laying aside the political mess that uh, is happening around that just now. Um, it does seem to be that uh, God is honoring, or God will honor, uh, that it may not be that she'll ever uh, make it in politics, but she'll be a great mum, I'm sure, and she'll be a great constituency MSP if she maintains that integrity and relationship with Christ, which must be incredibly difficult in that environment, because she was basically saying that most people of faith are scared to go into politics, are fearful. She wasn't criticizing that, she was just saying that's the reality. And so it takes great courage to have done what she did. So our worldview should shape, uh, centered on God, shapes our attitude to work. And then secondly, very briefly, uh, not only do we have a new perspective, we also have a uh, a new power uh, with which to take into the workplace. And in First Peter, again, very well-known words to us uh, that we've often referred to, First Peter 3 uh, and verses 13 to 17. Now, who is there to harm you if you're zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, not be troubled. But, but in your hearts, uh, honor Christ or set apart, set apart Christ as Lord, as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you're slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. For it's better to suffer for doing good if you should be, if that should be God's will than for, for doing evil. And it's, it's this setting apart of Christ in our hearts which is the recognition that we have a new power within us to live uh, as believers in a, a secular world, in a secular environment. Um, I think our Christian lives, and this is obviously broader than simply faith and work, but our Christian lives need to be grounded always in two very important truths. One is that Christ must reign in, our heart, in your heart and in mine. He must. He must have that place of lordship in our hearts. You know, as it says there, that uh, in your honor Christ as Lord in your hearts. Now, that is, that is a, a fundamental, basic reality 
that only uh, a walk with Christ, uh, outworking the spiritual disciplines on a day-to-day -day basis, enables us to, to do, to love our neighbor, uh, to love our God and to love our neighbor. Um, worship, thanksgiving, joy, need to be the mood, mood music of our lives. And that only comes when we've set apart Christ as Lord. Nobody else can set apart Christ as Lord in your heart. You, you and I can only do it ourselves. We need that intentionality in our lives because that is what gives us the power to live for Christ in the workplace or in any difficult situation. That grounded biblical worldview that moves beyond a worldview into a relationship with Christ is, is, is doctrinally critical for us. And uh, it is the Christ who nourishes us as we are in daily connection and in relationship with him. You know, is that what I mentioned to the kids on, on Sunday night, that memory verse, delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. It's a, it's a, a beautifully uh, Christocentric, uh, central reality for us as we delight in Christ that we will find our well-being molded towards his and uh, that reign of Christ in our hearts uh, is the empowerment through the Holy Spirit to live uh, for him. Now, practically, that means that in a busy working week, Christ needs to come first, not your work. You can't just say, well, I'm too busy for Christ today. I've got a heavy schedule. The more, the busier we are, the more we should be setting aside time to connect with Jesus because the busier we are, the more we'll need him. Uh, and sometimes it will help us recognize that our busyness is, is wrongly motivated. It might not be, but it might be. And it helps us, to, it, it grants us the perspective that we need to uh, live in the right way. Even if we can't be any less busy, uh, we still need to set aside time uh, to allow Christ to reign in our hearts. Hugely significant. So Christ must reign in our hearts. And therefore, I think also, we will then pray. Uh, specifically, we'll pray in general. But I think you will then pray specifically for your work as a critical activity of your Christian life. Whatever that it might not be paid employment, as I say, it may be lots of different things that you're engaged in day to day, but you'll commit these things daily to the Lord. Uh, and I, if you don't do it, I would really encourage you to pray about your work daily before you go to it. Pray for your colleagues, the people you sit beside, the people who you're on Zoom with, your bosses, the people you can't stand, who are just a pain in the neck for a variety of different reasons, sometimes justified, sometimes not, I'm sure. But pray about these areas. Do you consider the need for the Holy Spirit in your workplace, in your heart, in your workplace? Or is it, or is work your area of competence where you don't really feel, well, you know, I'm competent. I've got the degree. I've got the, I've got the qualifications. I don't need God in my workplace. I'm perfectly confident there, competent. That's a wrong attitude. Uh, we may be um, intellectually or professionally competent, but we are not spiritually competent to outwork uh, our lives in that context without Jesus Christ. I guarantee you'll pray for yourself, and I pray for myself, and 
I'll pray, uh, and we may pray for our relationships. We may be very good at praying when we're in trouble generally, but can I encourage you to pray every single day for your work and especially for your colleagues, especially that you, and you've heard me ad nauseum probably saying this, that you might be the only person in the world that ever prays for that person. You might be the only person that ever says anything before the throne of God for that individual. So please remember the importance of praying, uh, praying for your workplace, praying for compassion, praying for integrity, praying for a uh, forgiving spirit, for um, difficult colleagues, for ethics, for challenges, for respectfulness, uh, not to gossip, uh, all these kind of things to pray that uh, someone said to me not that long ago when I took on the, um, I've got a small group of people praying for uh, my chaplaincy at Hibs and uh, one, one of the uh, people who's on one of the individuals who does that said to me look what's really important is your presence there as a believer is your presence now i'm not suggesting that it's you don't speak about your faith or you don't share your faith or whatever but as a christian your presence is a, a hugely powerful reality uh, in an unbelieving context as we are close to christ because we should by our lives and by just who we are reflect him so presence is important so um we live with this new perspective uh, our worldview and in the power of the spirit uh, in the workplace giving us courage and compassion and competence and, and i do believe that opens up for us opportunities uh, how we act and react in the workplace gives us opportunities to give reason for the hope that is within us Whatever, without ever having to ram it down anyone's throat. And that's true if we're retired, it's true if we're working at home, it's true if we are not employed but are still working. So that's, these are the two areas that we have a new power to enable us to live this way and we also uh, have that perspective and a relationship with Christ and a worldview which changes everything. The last question I would leave with you uh, maybe particularly those who are gainfully employed, is um, what would your work, what does your work reference look like? If your boss has to give you a reference, I don't know, what, what, what would it look like? Or what ha maybe you know, but you've maybe had it in the past. What does it look like? It's very interesting that we're ordaining elders on Sunday and one of the qualifications of eldership is that they have, isn't, isn't this interesting? A good reputation with outsiders. Good reputation with outsiders. Because God cares about that. God cares about how we, what we look like uh, with outsiders. And it's a good reputation we're expected to have. We're not expected to be Bible bashers and ramming things down people's throats and objectionable and uh, self-righteous and judgmental. He calls us, sorry, I'm buzzing. It's, it's a, a special... It's an AI thing now. That if I'm saying something that's not theologically right, it just kind of buzzes and I've got to stop saying it. So, uh, But it's a very important uh, that we have a good reputation with outsiders, uh, people people in the uh, live stream. What the heck is going on? What is he doing? Um, 
God cares about our reputation with outsiders. So if, uh, if your boss was to give you a reference tomorrow, or maybe your neighbor, uh, or maybe someone you know, that you meet, interact with day to day, what would that reference be? Uh, and it's maybe a challenge for all of us to consider the significance of Christ in our lives and in our workplace. So let's pray briefly about that. Father God, we pray and ask that you would help us to understand more and more about you and about um, how we are to relate our lives and our faith to what we do day to day. Um, may it become for us a deep pleasure to start each day thinking, I can speak into God's company and into God's throne and be in relationship with him and learn and grow and be fed and worship and be helped by the sovereign king of kings who wants so much uh, to be uh, hearing uh, my voice. And may that be a pleasure and a joy for us to know that he is our companion into the workplace. He's a friend and he, he wants to accompany us uh, through his indwelling spirit to enable us to honor and glorify him. So help us as we think about these things in our day-to-day -day living. For Jesus' sake, amen.